What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast brought to you by Keeping Carlson. I'm your host, Louis Ezekiel, and joining me tonight is Jeremy Versillo. He's going to be with us all through the month of January, uh, coming off an outstanding and very long shift with Brian last uh, Friday morning. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm excited to be here for an extended time. Uh, best of luck to Ben while he takes a brief, brief hiatus. Oh yeah, he he's earned it, man. He he, I'm sure will be uh, enjoying himself and fresh and ready to go when he makes his triumphant return. I have no doubt. Uh, all right, well, let's jump right into things here. We have tons of news here today: injuries, outries, lots and lots of hot streaks. Um, let's start off. We, we dealt with some, uh, three headed goalie questions last week, uh, with regards to the Carolina situation when Craig Anderson, uh, not Craig Anderson. I'm getting ahead of myself here when Freddie Anderson comes off the IR. Um, but we've got kind of a similar situation brewing in Buffalo. Jeremy, you want to start us off there? Yeah. So after his conditioning stint, Eric Comrie was removed from the IR. And Uko Pekka Lukanen was sent down. But in the same day, the coach said that you will see all three goalies. So after Craig Anderson started Monday's game, uh, Lukanen was confirmed to play Tuesday's game. But instead, Comrie started Tuesday's game. Uh, I saw rumblings that UPL was sick. I did not have time to confirm that, but I'm sure by the time this podcast is out, we'll know for sure. Lewis, I have to ask you. Do you want a part of any of these three goalies? I mean, Buffalo isn't the best defensive team to begin with, so I could understand if you say no. Yeah, I mean, I don't think to to carry them. Um, you know, I, I had Anderson uh, for yesterday's spot start, which I thought would go, uh, or Monday spot start, I should say, which I thought would go a little better than it did. You know, again, I, I think that Buffalo is perfectly capable with their offense of winning any, any game. Uh, you know, they were stymied by Philly coming off a of back-to-back, which I think was a bit of a surprise. But I'm happy to stream them in, but no, I'm not interested in holding on to uh, a player who is part of a three-headed goalie situation. And, you know, I, I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is here because I do have Freddie Anderson coming off injured reserve here. Uh, and if Carolina ends up holding them, I'm going to have to face some some challenging decisions. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that space, as uh, as the podcast people say. But, yeah, it's just too tough, right? Like, it's bad enough being part of a tandem where you're really not sure who's going to start any given game, but throw in a third variable. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I understand where they're coming from, from a hockey sense, but from a fantasy standpoint, you know, give me the stream, but I'm not super interested in, in carrying someone, uh, when we don't really know who the true number one or even really like one a is. Totally agree with you there. I mean, I, if I had to put money on it, I would guess Lukanen's going to eventually take that job. He is their goalie of the future. He's looked really good this year, and he's had some good minor league stops. But yeah, if all three of them are getting starts, that means no one of them is getting 50% of the starts, and that's just something you can't hold in fantasy. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's it's just too tough. Um, we've got another... Uh, you know, kind of injury outery situation to talk about over in Detroit. Uh, this one's an outery. Uh, we have Tyler Bertuzzi returning uh, here on Tuesday night. 
uh, triumphantly as uh, the Red Wings are holding uh, a lead in, in quite a track meet of a game against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, obviously, it's not over. You all listening know how that finished up. Um, it did mean some significant adjustments. Uh, Bertuzzi is on line one with Larkin and Raymond, which I think will be a nice boost for each of them. Uh, it does send Kubalik uh, and also Raymond down to power play two, uh, Fabry and Bertuzzi uh, taking power play one with Larkin, Perron, and Hronik. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, there was a goal. I haven't seen it myself, but uh, it must have been kind of a, during a change in the power play um, because it was Cider getting in with Raymond and uh, Larkin. So there must have been some blending taking place there. Uh, Mo Cider, by the way, uh, nice game. Four assists, I believe, so far here on Tuesday. Uh, so getting in on a ton of that action, including one on that sort of blended uh, first and second power play uh, that he happened to be out for. Um, with Kubalik down on the fourth line, I know he scored on Tuesday, but he's getting, he's off the top power play. He's way down the lineup. Uh, you know, I know that those, I, at the bottom six is maybe not necessarily a real line four and line three. Um, but, you know, Kubalik, we've talked about a few times. He, he's probably ready for the, the snoozer bin, eh? Totally. Uh, I had him for the longest time in one of my leagues and tried very hard to trade him and nobody but so unfortunately I dropped him about a week ago and have not regretted it. Well, you were quicker than me. I, I uh, am a Sunday and Tuesday dropper of Kubalik in a couple leagues, so I should have been taking my own advice maybe a little sooner. Uh, missed out on a chance to pick up Joel Farabee, who we'll talk about uh, upcoming here, uh, and kicking myself a little bit over that one. Um Another piece of good outchery news, uh, this time over in uh, Edmonton. Uh, tell us about that. So as I put in our documents, the good Kane is about to return, meaning Evander Kane. Uh, news dropped on ESPN this morning that he could be 9 to 11 days away from returning, which is about two months earlier than the initial timeline I had seen many months ago. Uh, kind of interesting to hear that coming just out of nowhere. Uh, I would be interested in Kane if for some reason he was dropped. I know a lot of people may be scrambling now to pick him up because he wasn't supposed to be back until March. Good in hits, blocks, goals, like he does it all. Yeah, don't forget those shots too. Yeah, not a lot to say there. I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe the thing to do is uh, if there's a, a, a low-hanging player that you're interested in, in on the Kane players roster, maybe you can make a play for them so that, uh, you know, if it's got a favorable schedule or something. But I imagine uh, the E-Kane holders are just very happy to have him back. Um, you know, I might be a little bit cautious. I know sometimes players come back from that injury and are gangbusters, but just given where the injury was, that laceration on the arm, um, you know, worry a little bit maybe about shooting coming back from kind of any arm or hand injury, uh, something to keep an eye on. But I imagine if I were given the opportunity, you know, just the talent and the, the stat filling, like you mentioned, I think, uh, I think I'm giving him the chance just as soon as he's reinserted into the lineup. Um, we had another update, uh, some blending of the Carolina power play units, which are pretty interesting. Almost looks like a 1A and a 1B type situation. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you tell me which one's the 1A in this group. Uh, the first unit was Svechnikov, Stasny, Nichas, Nosen, and Burns. The second unit was Pacioretty, Aho, Jarvis, Taravainen, and Pesci with uh, Dylan Coughlin rot rotating in for Pesci 
This was in practice yesterday. I actually have not gotten to check what Caroline is doing in their game today. Uh, we'll pull that up while we're talking if you don't have it Yeah, up. well, while I'm looking here at, at uh, last game lines for Carolina, it is the, the Pesci power play. Like, I, they've got the forwards, right? Pacioretty, Aho. you know, I think you would sort of... I don't know. My rule of thumb is usually I go by the defender, right? The number one defender kind of indicates the number one power play. And certainly I would prefer to have Brent Burns Q being my power play than Brett Pesci. But uh, so far it's the Pacioretty, Teravine, and Ajo, Jarvis, Pesci at 54% uh, and um, Neeson, Nichas, Natchez. Ben would have my head for that one. Uh, Kokenhami, Svechnikov, and Burns are in about 37%. So, uh, you know, I, I would be fine with any of those players. I'm not making any decision on any of these players based on, you know, one shuffle of the power play here, especially because it does look pretty even. Like, no, neither of those is bereft of talent. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to make a choice based on that, but it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out uh, and if they find a combination that works for them a little bit better. Uh, and then one other uh, item here, um, keeping an eye out on some changes up on line ones as long as we're discussing some line changes. And again, these may be temporary. Um, Anton Lundell got promoted uh, to the first line. Uh, Coach Paul Maurice suggested uh, that he thinks uh, Barkov and Lundell can elevate each other's games. Lundell has been cold uh, with no points in the last seven games. Uh, our listeners, I imagine, will will know how uh, the outcome of that late game against Colorado went. Uh, so they'll have a better sense of how that Lundell promotion really has played out. Uh, a line one player I'm a little more interested in um, although he's not as widely available. Uh, Lundell is rostered in only 22% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, this player is rostered in 52% of them, and that is Tyler Sagan. Uh, mentioned on the mega show that he took over top line duty with Rupe Hints out with injury. Uh, so far, he has an assist on a Jason Robertson goal. Uh, here on Tuesday night. Pretty typical, uh, the type of scoring you expect to see from Dallas. Jason Robertson scoring with whoever is on his line assisting. Um, just kind of typical stuff. But I imagine uh, you would be taking, or I, I don't want to assume for you, but uh, I would certainly be taking Sagan over Lundell, who's been quite cold with uh, no goals and no points, I'm sorry, in the last seven games. Absolutely. Uh, Jason Robertson is quickly vaulting himself into the must-have linemates territory, similar to Alex Ovechkin or Nikita Kucherov. So if Sagan's centering Jason Robertson, I want him on my team. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. And then one more line shakeup uh, down in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, Jeremy. So at practice yesterday, the Caps lines had... Kuznetsov centering Ovechkin and Milano, Backstrom centering Eller and Oshie, Strom centering Shiri and Wilson, and then Dowd, Johansson, and Hathaway as the fourth line. Uh, definitely looks like the Caps are going for a top nine type of look. Uh, I like Sonny Milano in that spot. If you're going to be playing with Ovi, why not give him a shot? Kind of a big downgrade for Dylan Strom, who is no longer on the top power play either. And then Lars Eller, TJ Oshie, maybe have some appeal. What do you think? 
Yeah, Strom came up on the mega show uh, as a guy who, you know, had been more or less stapled to Ovi. Um, interesting that it is Backstrom's arrival that moves him, but not because Backstrom gets paired up with him. But you go back to what we saw much of last year, which is Kuznetsov uh, with Ovi. Like you said, a nice spot for Sunny Milano, who's been producing even without necessarily having a ton of uh, Ovechkin access. And yeah, certainly seems like a downgrade for Sherry and Strom, uh, who are we talking? We were talking about quite positively uh, last week. So um, again, you know, with all of these line shakeups that we've mentioned, uh, you know, take them with a grain of salt because they may not necessarily last. Uh, so I'm not advocating anyone to make like a frantic panic move. Um, but you know, this is something to keep an eye on. And if you end up with two, three games where you're seeing these lines stick for a bit, you know, it may be time to, to move on from some of these guys. Uh, you know, especially if there are some more appealing players, maybe some that come up in our hot streaks, uh, who you could potentially switch in, uh, or if they have a, a nice schedule coming up, uh, you know, sometimes just <laughs> going after your opponent with a mass number of games can be an effective strategy. Uh, Jeremy, we are right out about the halfway mark, so let's go ahead and take a quick break and hear from some Blue Wire sponsors. We'll be back shortly. You are listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. You're back with me, Lewis, and Jeremy here. Uh, and Jeremy's going to take us out to Seattle, where the hot streaks are abundant. I'm going to try not to gush too much about my hometown team here. But the Kraken have been on an East Coast road trip and have been dominant. Almost everyone's on a hot streak. The team has now, with today's game, they're up to 30 goals in their last six games. Uh, Martin Jones has been stellar in net, although he didn't start today. From defense, Vince Dunn and Justin Schultz are both putting up the points. Uh, Yanni Gord, Ilya Tolvanen, uh, Matty Beniers, Jordan Everly. You name it, they probably have points in the last three or five games. Uh, it's kind of a headache for fantasy, though. Like, you look at these lines and you look at the time on ice distribution, and outside of Matty Beniers and probably Vince Dunn, these guys have been going cold. Uh, Burakovsky was just cold for like an entire month and was dropped in a number of my leagues, and he probably was the Kraken that was highest drafted. So what do you make of this? Is it a hot team? Is it... A couple lines interest you more than others. Kind of a, not a fun fantasy situation as much as it's a fun real life one for me. Right. Yeah. It's really nice to see, you know, this effectiveness, but you know, the, the uh, sort of as long as the Kraken have been part of our fantasy lives, one of the big challenges has been figuring out, you know, who's going to get the ice time and, and that sort of thing. You know, Tolvin has just been on this you know, tear. He obviously is enjoying his new environs. He, you know, kind of struggled to, to, you know, keep his head above water in Nashville in terms of getting ice time. Uh, even when he got nice deployment, you know, it seemed like he wasn't productive. So it's great to see him on this run, but he's like way below my Mendoza line for the number of minutes I'm really willing to have. Um, uh, a player play, uh, I, you know, Daniel Sprong is, uh, you know, uh, a player who is on pace to break 30 goals despite getting like 11 minutes a night. Uh, it's just very interesting to see all of this production despite the, the you know, lack of minutes and what you would expect, you know, that would kind of put a, a hard cap on what they're able to produce. And what it makes me feel like is it's probably a fair bit of overachievement. And unless we see 
those minutes really change. I've just been way too hesitant to add players uh, like Sprong, like Tolvanen, um, you know, the the sort of classic, you know, players that you want to have on the team, I think are fine. Um, you know, even Oliver Bjorkstrand is picking things up a little bit here. Um, but yeah, it just the, the minutes are too wonky for me to really put my faith in it. Maybe if we, you know, I, I worry sometimes that it's the kind of thing that's going to cost me because I'm too cautious on it. And, you know, given my, given my, um, you know, overall record in the cupful, maybe I should be taking more risks, but I just can't, uh, bring myself to pull the trigger as exciting as some of these streaks are. Um, maybe a less, uh, a less shocking, uh, hot streak, uh, is one that we kind of have gotten used to seeing, uh, come the second half of the season. Uh, although he's had bursts, uh, throughout the first half that have been pretty, uh, good too. So it hasn't been quite the, God, what do I do with this guy kind of situation? Um, but Kevin Fiala, our second half star, uh, launching off on his second half streak here right on time. Uh, Jeremy, I think you have some numbers for us on, on this guy. Yeah, so Fiala is up to 11 points in his last six games, including four points last night and a hat trick the game before, 26 shots in that period. And what may be most impressive of all is, well, all of the points last night were on the power play. A bunch of the other ones have been even strength with his line mates of Blake Lazat and Gabe Velarde. Uh, Lazat and Velarde are the third line with Fiala, but he's still putting up numbers, still putting up shots. I'm wondering if those guys are worth looking at for a stream because obviously Kevin Fiala is not in, available in any of your leagues. Uh, first question would be, do you stream Lazat? and Velarde if they're available. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am into Velarde. I believe he's still uh, holding on to that first power play spot that he's had, and I think that really is uh, what makes him, you know, far and away the most interesting kind of low-owned player there. Yep, uh, you know, I mean, Kopitar, Fiala, Kempe, Dowdy as your power play uh Assistance, I think that's pretty good. Like you said, uh, they did a ton of damage scoring three goals in that Monday night game. Um, so Velarde, I'm interested in. Lazat, certainly less so. Um, you know, we've seen it, it. This is total feelings ball. But <laughs> my feeling is that with the Kings, a lot of times with the scoring, you see it happen in bunches and it seems to be one line kind of taking over. Like sometimes, you know, there was plenty of offense, I suppose, to go around. Uh, in that most recent game. But, you know, the even strength scoring was all done by the Dino Arvidsson, Ayafala line, uh, or the power play unit, uh, that top power play unit. But some games, it just seems like the second line is going crazy. Sometimes it seems like the third line is doing it. And sometimes it's the first line, but it always seems to, again, just feels, uh, but it seems to come in bunches uh, based on those lines. So I'm a no on Lizat. I'm a yes on Velarde having access to that power play. Um, you know, and <laughs> probably, you know, I think that uh, that four point night uh, and the hat trick the game before uh, that that bylaw window is closed. I, I always, you know, need to set an alarm, uh, you know, after about game 37 uh, each season for whatever team Fiala's on and then start to think, you know, hey, got to start sending out my offers because this guy's about to blow up, uh, you know, hits just about that midway point 
and becomes a superstar. So, so good for him. And he's also a guy who, you know, has made a mark in his career, you know, scoring from lower lines. So being on that third line, I'm not as concerned about, you know, as I might be typically. Plus, you know, Velarde has shown himself to be a pretty uh, competent line mate. Uh, and, you know, Lazat is uh, a guy, you know, so that's fine. No, no offense. He's definitely better than I'll ever be. But, you know, uh, no one to get super excited about in fantasy for sure. One thing that I uh, kind of frustrates me with Fiala is this hot second half that is becoming a pattern. They say uh, twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. It's going to make his draft price way too high for me next year. So, yep, you're going to have to let someone overdraft him. Let him be normal Kevin Fiala for the first half and then buy low right before he goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good strategy, actually. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a real balancing act to sort of figure out how to deal with this guy. And maybe, uh, one of these days he'll just go off for the first half of the season just for fun. Um, but yeah, good on you, Kevin Fiala. Very exciting, uh, to see what he's been able to do the last few games. Uh, speaking of some players who have had some very nice recent games, uh, let's talk about some hot flyers. Um, plenty to go around, uh, lots of interest there, but I'm going to focus on, uh, Sam Urson and, uh, Joel Faraby. Uh, hope I'm doing okay on the name there. Um, it's really tough to say to add a backup goalie, and I'm certainly not telling you to add him, but, uh, Urson should be top of mind, uh, for spot starts after blanking the Sabres on the second night of a back to back on Monday. Uh, they had lost to Toronto six to two on Sunday. Uh, and Urson just comes in and stops the door. I believe 28 saves in that shutout. Um, I picked him up for, uh, one of his other very nice recent starts. Uh, you know, he's just been doing great after a couple tough starts, uh, five goals against 833 save percentage, three goals against 893 save percentage, although he got the win in that second start. Uh, he has improved his save percentage each game. Uh, the last three were also wins with quality starts, uh, over 930 save percentage. Um, and he had 2.66 goals saved above average uh, against the team leading the NHL in goals per game at 3.89 goals each game for the Sabres. Uh, not an ad, but um, until he slips, I would certainly look at Erson as a high-quality option for spot starts. Uh, and there are two back-to-backs for Philly next week uh, because of that Um because of that five uh, five game schedule that they have, uh, and that Tuesday game, which you imagine it'll be Hart and then uh, Sammy E, uh, that game was against Anaheim, which is the thirty first highest scoring team. Uh, you know, of course, now that I've said that, you know, maybe he's going to flail uh, against Anaheim. It's always tough to to judge goalies, but. Um, you know, for a team that's not doing so hot, he is really performing. Uh, love to see it from Sam Erson. And then, uh, of course, Joel Faraby, uh, another nice option for you there. He has been on fire lately, getting great deployment, uh, playing with Konechny and Noah Cates. Uh, and his hot streak is up to five points in the last four games, uh, getting some decent shot numbers in there. Um, so another guy that I would be looking at with that five game, uh, five game schedule coming up next week, uh, and, and a reasonable schedule here, uh, in, in the current week as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Five game weeks are a bit of a goldmine for streamers. Although I will say next week is very busy in general. There are a lot of four game weeks also. So you may not even be able to fit them all five games. I do like the Urson call out for getting two starts from a streamer goalie that 
is always a good thing. And uh, it's clear that he's past uh, Felix Sandstrom in the depth chart and will probably be the backup for the rest of the season, I would guess. Yep, I, I agree with you there. I think uh, until Erson starts to falter, uh, I think he's going to be the guy that you're going to. Like I said, improving each game. Next game, he's going to save more pucks than our shot at him. So, uh, you know, I looked at the scatter plot, and that's what that's what the statistics tell me. And, and I'm a stats guy. You know, I'm into the analytics. So uh, that's what I'm pretty confident will happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think you've got uh, an option for our Category Leagues friends uh, that they might want to take a look at. Yeah, for uh, any league that's heavy on hits and blocks, which are is a format that I play in quite a bit, uh, Connor Clifton over in Boston has uh, had a bit of a resurgence. He started out the year really hot in bangers formats, but when McAvoy came back, he kind of faded. Uh, he's currently 15th overall in the league for hits, and he had nine blocks in Sunday's game. He's been cold lately for points, but that's not what you're picking him up for. Uh yeah, I think I think I have the set somewhere. Oh yeah. Over the last four games he has seventeen hits and eighteen blocks. And yeah, if you need a, a defensive banger at the end of this week, pick him up. Yeah, that's a that's a category winner for you for sure. Uh you know, a guy who has had some scoring outbursts. Um, but yeah, with him, scoring is just the gravy uh on the bangers and mash that he is delivering for you each and every game. All right, <laughs> we got just a couple more to go. A quick little kind of uh, uh, postscript on the Michael uh, Amadio experience. Uh, after that super hot streak of nine points in seven games, he's gone pointless and shotless in the last two with his ice falling uh, under 15 minutes in four of the last five games, even, even as he kept uh, his streak alive through some of them. My biggest concern is the lack of shooting. Uh, you know, he was shooting the puck plenty uh, when he was on this big streak. Uh, and so two games without a shot. Yeah, it's a small sample size, but those games coincide with a drop from power play one ice time uh, for most of that streak to 0% power play time on ice. Uh, I think it's time to thank uh, Amadio for his production and let him go. Uh, if you hadn't already done so with Vegas uh, with the two game schedule this week, uh, Seattle, Boston, Carolina, Columbus, the Islanders, Ottawa, and Toronto all have three games between Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, Philly's got five games next week, so those might be teams that I would be looking to target uh, for volume. Uh, obviously, league to league to see you know what kind of players are uh, available and producing, um, but that's a guy that I think we could let go. And then we got one more line blender before we send ourselves off into uh, our Tuesday night here. Uh, Jeremy, lay it on us. Yeah. Last but not least, the Nashville Predators have put their power play units in a line blender in addition to their even strength units that we mentioned last show. Uh, it's kind of annoying, but it's been working for them as the team's been really good lately. But their first power play unit last night, I believe, was... Uh, let me pull it up. It was Yossi, Johansson, Parsonen, Forsberg, and Thomas Novak, who was a 25-year-old rookie who's been up for a couple weeks now, who's been putting up the points. I mean, he had a point last night, getting lots of power play time and ice. But even that was what the beat writer tweeted their first unit being. But if you go to the box score, I cannot tell who their first unit really is, other than Yossi being the obvious defenseman. There are nine forwards who have gotten more than or close to three minutes out of, I think, 
eight that they spent on the power play last game. So it looks like they're kind of doing a rotation where they're trying to get more than eight forwards to work on their two power play units, and it's leading to a bit of confusion, so to say. Yeah, I think kind of like uh, kind of like we were talking about previously, you know, with the Caps and, and with some of these other teams that are shuffling things around. Yeah, let's see what happens when things settle down. Um, I don't think I'm rushing out to grab Tommy Novak unless I already wanted him. You know, I don't think I'm rushing to to drop someone uh, who you know uh, isn't maybe in the spot that I want it to be. I think uh, I want to wait for a little more consistency here um, before I make any knee jerk moves. I've done it in the past and it's hurt me, so I'm trying trying to be a little more cautious, you know, uh, once burn, twice shy, once bitten, twice shy. That's what it is. Uh, so, uh, just want to, you know, uh, be careful in terms of, uh, making some of these panic moves. And of course, as always check that schedule, make sure, uh, you're, you're maximizing what you can do with these players. Cause it's no good to add a player, uh, and not be able to put them in your roster. So keep that in mind as well. And with that, Jeremy, we have made our way uh, to the end of a moderate shift. I think you and Brian are rubbing off on me a little bit here today. Um, so we're going to call it, uh, bring it to an end here. Thank you again for joining us. Can't wait to go again with you on Thursday night. Uh, and folks, thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Twitch uh, if all goes to plan uh, next uh, show on Thursday evening uh, around 9 o'clock EST uh, with with John Reed, our digital producer. Uh, you can give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. You can find Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson. Uh, recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL, all organized so nice at GameDayTweets.com. Uh, please visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. Uh, John Reed is our digital media producer, so nice we will mention him twice in this outro. And until we see you next time, Play smart and keep your shifts short. 